morning's scripture reading. Scripture reading is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27. For just, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and of those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the great honour and with our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of the Lord. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at and talking about what it means to be the church and this idea of belonging to be the church. And so just as a, a, a way of recapping uh, where we have been and where we are heading. In the beginning, God created. And then there was separation. There was a place where humanity turned on itself and said, we desire to be the most important, the most holy. And there was a fallen thing that took place. We call it the fall. Now, in that place, God already was working and moving to bring salvation. He already was moving and working to restore. He couldn't wait to do it. In fact, he didn't take long. Shortly after the fall, he restores relationship. Why do we know that? Because he goes out and seeks after Adam and Eve. They're hiding. And he goes to find them. And so in that way, he is moving forward, telling the story over and over again through Scripture of his steadfast love and pursuit to bring us back into whole relationship with him, whole relationship with who we are, whole relationship with each other and the very place that we live. And one of the ways that he does that is through his gathering of people. And so we talk about this gathering as a place that you can belong there's a place for you here, no matter where you're at in your journey, no matter how you are thinking about what God is and who he has called you to be. 
If you're just waking up fresh to discovering what it might be, or if you've been walking this path for a long time, this is a place for you to be, to belong. But if you belong, then we also encourage you to put your full trust in what God's story is. That God has been pursuing you in steadfast love, coming for you to restore you to how he created you to be. And so you move from that place of just belonging to a group of people that, while they seem strange, seem pretty cool to you, to believe in the things that we say. That God is mighty and holy, and in his steadfast love and pursuit, he became a human being in Jesus Christ to pursue even further, even to the point of death on the cross. But he did not stay there. He was resurrected and brought forth to new life so that we could also have new life. And we believe this to be true. Not only that, we believe that then the power of Holy Spirit comes and makes us new so that we can be those who seek God's glory and his goodness in this world. And so we begin to believe. And as we believe, God continues to knit us together in this place of becoming his body. This movement where we begin to recognize it's not just about my priorities, and it's not just about an ascent to, to some idea, right? Some philosophy some better way of life, that in fact, if I belong and I begin to believe, and as I'm believing, I am becoming the church, what I am doing is changing and having changed my entire life so that my identity rests completely in the wholeness of God through Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so I begin to move to the place of becoming, but it doesn't stop there we then begin to recognize that we are Christ's body. We be the body. There's two things that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at this passage that we read because it's very unique in the way that, that Paul and, and God, through Paul, describes to us what the church is like. And then we're going to jump back to where my dear friend James Duff preached in January in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to take a look at that a little bit more. So in this passage, this 1 Corinthians 12, our call to worship was the very beginning of it, which is that place where we recognize God through Holy Spirit is calling us to oneness, being one in him, that he is our body and we are his. We rest completely there. But then we notice that the body has several members. Now, the coolest thing I think about this passage is this. It reminds us of something that we've learned when we move from belonging to believing. We're all uniquely individual, right? None of us are the same. Even identical twins have differences. So we can ne never look at one other person and say, you have to be exactly like me in order to be church or okay or the right type of person but in that god knows us in our individualness in our i say particularness and so god comes to us in our particularness 
to save us, to move us from that place where sometimes in our particularness we like to elevate it. And God says, no, no, I'm the elevator. That I can make you understand your particularness better. As you should. Not in a place of, of, of denigration, but in a place of elevation. That when we move into that place of recognizing we are moving from just belonging to believing to becoming to being, we recognize that we in our particularness are called forth for a whole. That the way God designed you and made you is needed for his body to be what his body is supposed to be. And so he says in this through Paul, look, there's no member of this body that's more important than the other member. That your particularness I'm gathering together in the whole for a reason and a purpose. That who you are and how I have made you, how I desire you to be, is important for my body as a whole. That we can't look at somebody and say, well, you know, if they weren't here, we'd still be okay. We can't look out into the world and say, if we had somebody like that, we would be better. What we do is we look at the people that God has gathered together in this local expression of his global body, and we say, this is who God wants to be together at this time, in this space, in order for his body to reflect who he is completely. Now, there are things about us in our particularness that we need to continue to submit to God's goodness and truth. And justice, because some of the things about my particularness does not align with God's truth and mercy. But it's not shamefully that he comes for us. He reminds us in his love and gentleness that we're called to repent of those things, to turn away from them. And thanks be to God that he puts us in a body so that when I'm blind to those things, those other people can come in and say, hey, you're damaging not just yourself, but the body. See, there's that great little line there towards the end of this verse, these verses, that says when someone is in sorrow, we all have sorrow. When one is celebrating, we all celebrate. That's the legal paraphrase. That means that what we do, how we live, how we engage in the world affects those that we are gathered it's not just about being sorrowful when somebody else has something to be sorry about or rejoicing when somebody has, yes, I've got some great news. It's that we have been intertwined, we have been woven together in the depths and knowledge of God's love, in our particularness, so that God's wholeness can be revealed. Because that wholeness is Jesus Christ, and it says that we are his body. There at the very end, it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. But what does that look like? <laughs> right? Like if, okay, yes, we want to be the church. We are being the church. That means that we've moved to that place of believing this, we've become it, and now we're being the church. What does it look like for us? Well, I think we'll jump back to that Acts chapter 2. So there's Bibles in front of you, or you have it on your uh, on your devices. If you want to look at Acts chapter 2, 
I'll read it for you, but, but you can gather it up and take a look at it as well. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It's after this great sermon that Peter preaches, and all these people are saved, and they begin to gather together. They move from belonging to believing. And they are now becoming the church so that they can be Christ to the world. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had everything in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I think there's some things that we see here of what it means for us to be the church. Now, I need to put like a parenthetical statement here. When we're talking about how these things play out, we are not talking about how they play out for all times and all places in every situation. Because God's body throughout history and time and space and continents and different places are being formed by unique and particular people that have cultures and other things that come to bear in them. And so we can say historically the church have done these things. Right? And that's good. And some of the historic things that the churches have done, we can say, yes, we need to continue to do those. But sometimes we can look back and go, those we never want to have a part of because they didn't fall under what God would be doing in the world. At the same time, we can't look out into all the rest of the global society that we live in, those who are following after Jesus, who have had Holy Spirit transform them and say they must look like our church. Because the church in Africa or Singapore or Hong Kong or Ireland or North America is going to look different. And even more so, the church down the street and the church up the road is going to look different. And how they have God being shown forth in them. But I do think in this passage we see some things that are important that across the board all of us should be doing in some form or fashion. And how they get shown, we can maybe have some disagreements on. So the first one we recognize is that there's worship. There's all that is taking place. And so that's why we gather on Sundays. One of the reasons why we do that is so that our hearts can be turned to see God high and lifted up and remind us of who we are in that relationship. That there's a place of awe for us. One of the postures that we have here at Free Metal Church is a, a posture of awe. That we say, yes, God is mighty and good and chasing after us. One of the other things that we see is that there is growth that is taking place. Not numeric growth, but there is a depth of knowledge that is being gained in the apostles' Teaching. Now, here's an interesting thing. The New Testament's not written yet. So part of what the apostles' teaching were, were the Old Testament. 
More importantly, what the apostles' teaching were was the life of Christ. Using, walking through the Old Testament to show why Jesus is who Jesus said he was. And so it's important for us then as we look through this magnificent library that we call the Bible to understand that all of it is pointing to Jesus. And so when we say we're about following the apostles' teachings, we want to make sure that we're talking about the revelation of who Jesus is and how he shows forth who God is in his steadfast love and pursuit. And every page and every sentence does that for us. And so we're dedicated to that. That's why we preach through it. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we want people to be individually looking through Scripture and studying. Another thing that we see happening here is they sell their possessions and they give to those who are in need. Now, we're not asking you to do that. But what we do need is we do need money in order to support the things that we do. Not only the things that take place here in this room on Sunday mornings and the Bible studies and the leadership and the, the direction that we set, but also for mercy ministries and benevolence and care for our artists that are in this community when we put on our shows, like our art shows and our music shows. All those things are needed. And so it's important for us, as those who are being the body, to actually invest in the kingdom in our local place. Now, when I say invest in the kingdom, I use that word specifically because it reaps benefits and rewards. Not a blessing necessarily for you where you're like, if I give 10, I get 20 back. But that it shows forth and plants seeds of the gospel, the truth that God is steadfast in his love pursuing us in order for it to bear fruit in the world. And so it's important for us to know if we are going to be the church, then we need to give to the work in this particular local gathering. Down there towards the end, it says that they have fellowship a couple of different times. And that means that they are in one another's life, living with one another, engaged with one another, being able to say, good job, or let me cry with you. Not trying to rush people through their celebrations or their sorrows, but sitting with them in those moments. Being able to look at one another and say, I think you're going down the wrong path. Or let me celebrate as I see Christ being formed in you more and more each day. That we live intrusively. That's a bad word. Uh, let me think of a better word. Intentionally with one another. That's how we be the church. And the last thing that we see down there is that God adds to their number daily those who were coming to understand this. We're actually going to talk more about that next week. What it means for us to be the church outside. Because a lot of what we talked about being the church is about being the church inside today. But next week we're going to talk about what it means to be the church outside. Those are bad words, but... They're good to use in that way, inside and outside, gathering and in the world. When I was, um, and probably most of you, when you're growing up, oftentimes you would get asked this question. What are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? And most of us would think through those things. We would say, oh, a fireman or an AFL player or uh, a teacher or an architect. 
I can guarantee you that I never said pastor. But when you think about that, and when you're asking what you want to be, our answer tends to be at tax. Right? It's labeled by a job description, right? A title of what that job is. But when we hear, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, our minds went to the task. Firemen, well, what does firemen do? Sets people from fires, puts out fires. There are those things that we do. And so maybe today you're hearing that as I say we're moving from belonging to believing to becoming to being, you're thinking to yourself, task. What are the tasks we do? And, and indeed, we talked about gathering and worship, giving, serving, using all of who we are. And I would encourage you as you hear those things to think about what does your particularness bring to bear on? What does your gifting and particularness through Holy Spirit bring to bear on what it means for you to be the church? But above that and below it and beside it and before it and behind it, covering over all of that is the question when we ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Is less about what you will do, but who you are. I want to be a generous person. I want to be somebody who is loved and can love. I want to be a truthful person. What do you want to be when you? When we are saying the word be, while there are actions and, and duties that come forth from that, we see here in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and all through scripture that when we say we are being the church, it means we are being Jesus. So we, as a gathered people, in all of our particularness, should move in a way to allow Holy Spirit to show forth what Jesus would look like today. Our good friend Stephen Rarick puts it this way, your Jesus with skin on. So we be Jesus to those who we be Jesus to one another. We love recklessly. We pursue truth with abandon. We seek restoration. We call out injustice. We move with mercy. We call forth redemption. And that's what our body is about. That's how we move exciting it will be for us as we do that with one another, and even more so as we hear next week, how we do that in the world. Let me pray for us. God, let what I have said today be your words. If they are not your words, let them burn up and go away. But if they are, we ask that they will bear good fruit and they will bring praise and glory to you. You have created us all uniquely in our particularness to serve one another and bring glory to you. So allow us to do that. Challenge us to move in that way. Guide us in that direction.
It's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and receive.